What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today on the show, I have Tara of Tiger Style coming to us straight out of Ohio. Might be my first guest from Ohio. I don't even know. But it's a different scene out there. I can tell you that. Now, she has an interesting history. She's lived a very crazy, crazy life. She gets into that on the episode. She won before Passe's sweepstakes, which he ran, allowing somebody to get a full paid trip to his rag house to LA to see how the vintage business goes and then also to get a, a exclusive spot on the 1980-something co virtual fleet. She won that. She deserved it. Uh, it sounds like she appreciated it a lot. She learned a lot. We talked about that on the show. You know, she's new to the whole social media game, Instagram game. She said she didn't even have a phone number until recently. Kind of crazy. And now she's crushing it, going live super late into the night and doing her thing, getting amongst it. And yeah, it's a great chat. So stay tuned for that. But before we do that, we're getting into the vintage news, okay? First up on the vintage news, basically the only big news I got for you guys this week is Full Court's Nike Hall. They freaking crushed it down in Florida, I think. I don't really know where they were. Probably in Florida because that's where they're from. But they came up on a sports store. Tons of dead stock. Nike looked wild to me. Tees. Uh, they got shorts. They got sports gear. They got uh, store fixtures. Um, some AOP Hurricanes gear. Just a wicked dig. It looked full on. They didn't really leak all the stuff yet. They got jerseys. They got champion jerseys, I think. So it just goes to show you that digging is not dead. Get out there. Go find some shit. It still exists, okay? Lately, I've been thinking more about the planet. I recently watched the David Attenborough documentary, um, his testament to the state of the world. It's pretty wild. It's pretty scary. I'm not going to lie. You know, that, that recent countdown clock in New York City that I forget who did it, but uh, some artists put up this countdown clock till the point of no return. We're only seven years away from the point of no return on global warming. Seven years is going to go by like that. If we don't get our freaking act together, we're basically done as a human race. It's pretty, pretty scary. If you know me, you know I'm into this shit. You know I, I want to help the planet. You know I'm promoting living sustainably. I'm promoting sustainable business. Um, but in, in the truth of the matter is, we're not, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. You're probably not doing enough. The corp, big corporations aren't doing enough. We all have to do more. We all have to actually step up our game so that our kids have a future on this planet. So what I've decided I'm going to do, I'm going to hire a full-time position within my company, Frankie Collective, whose sole, sole job, whose sole role is to raise money to support initiatives helping the planet, to educate our customer base on how they can help the planet, to come up with creative ideas, to raise the money. Um, it's basically going to be a full-time eco-warrior position, okay? How fulfilling is that as a job role? You get to raise money, you get to sleep good at night because all you're doing is helping the planet every day in and out. I'm going to do that. If I wasn't running the company, I'd be doing this role myself. But I have to run the whole program, so I'm hiring someone specifically for this role. If that sounds like you, you know, it can be a remote position, preferably in Canada, in Vancouver, 
But if that sounds like you or you know someone who'd want this role, obviously marketing is an important background for this role. Um, a history in fashion, a history in vintage and streetwear would be an asset. Creativity is a big asset. But yeah, I'm looking. That's what I'm going to do. It's, it's happening. Okay. If you don't even know, I own Frankie Collective. It's one of my businesses. I have a bunch of businesses. I have Frankie Collective, which we rework clothing. I have the Rag Machine, which is like a thrift store. I have F is in Frank, which obviously has a website. We sell online and we have two retail locations. A lot of things going on. I have property holdings. I'm diversified, okay, guys? But Frankie Collective is my main hustle right now. It's my main focus. It has the most gross potential and it's growing the quickest. So want you guys to know I've been working on a mission statement. So this role as the Eco Warrior is for Frankie Collective. And here's the mission statement I've been working on for the company. Save clothing from landfills, grow a truly sustainable business, inspire environmental stewardship while raising money to support causes we believe in. That's the mission of Frankie Collective, okay? It's a work in progress. It may change tomorrow, probably will a little bit, but got to put some stuff on paper, got to start thinking about it. And I encourage you guys to make a mission statement for your companies, no matter how big or small your Instagram thing is, or your company, your website, whatever you're doing, a mission statement makes it clear. And you kind of look back at your mission and make decisions based on, is that decision in line with our mission? And it's super important. It's empowering. I recommend you guys do it. Other news, me and Jesse are going to start the Snapback Chronicles. I've been talking about it for a minute, but next week we're recording our first episode. We are going to be running a sub-series on the podcast just about the history of the snapback game, the history of Ephesus and Frank in the snapback game, all the other players. Might even bring some other guests on for that series, okay? It's going to be rad. We're also going to finally start documenting his polo archive. It's too deep, too vast for us not to mess with it and not to show you guys. I know people want to see the polo archive. Okay, where are we at? Anything else we got to talk about here on the news? You guys know the drill. You can get 35% off FSMFrankVintage.com with code VTG and stuff. Link down below. Go check out my Patreon if you want to support what I'm doing for as little as a cup of coffee a day. You can support me. It helps me stay motivated to do this shit, okay? Also, if you haven't checked my Patreon, that's cool. I'll still keep doing this. Still love you guys. But I'm going to drop my top, my list of my top 20 things that I like to sell. It's basically my list of the top 20 easiest things to sell. Okay. Online. Basically top 20 easiest things to sell online list is going on the Patreon. Check that out. You can sign up. Um, I put tons of exclusive content on there that you don't get on the regular podcast. So check it out. Also, check out the link for the Amazon, my Amazon page down below where you can find resources, more books about learning about vintage. I'm going to try to do another 10 for 10 video marathon. Got to get back to pumping out some different content, guys. Um, and yeah, that's it. Let's get into this episode with Tiger Style. Welcome to Vintage Stuff, Vintage Stuff.
got vintage clothing by the rack, yeah. Just check out my Insta, how you gon' argue with that? Everything you see, I manifest. I'm an architect, I think I'ma run it back. We got vintage clothing by the rack. Just check out my Insta, how you gon' argue with that? Everything you see, I manifest. I'm an architect, I think I'll have some of that. Okay, we're on. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on, Tara. Is Tara or Tara? Tara. Like, Tara. it's spelled like Sarah, too. I got an H at the end of my name. Nice. Very unique. Coming to us from Ohio. I don't think town. I've, I don't think I've had anybody from Ohio on the show. Really dope. Yeah. Like you said before, so many people are on the West Coast, or there's a lot of people on the East Coast, like New York and Texas. I, I guess a lot mm-hmm. in Florida, too, but not a lot in Ohio. So what's the scene like in Ohio? There is no, well, there's, there's a scene now, but there wasn't a scene at the beginning of the year. Let's say that. So what's your, what, what is the scene? What's your picking regime? How do you find stuff in Ohio? Um, well, you know, I've been picking in the wild, like, exclusively a full-time job since 2013. So basically, like, had the bins to myself type of shit. Oh, the good old days. Um, Mm, back way way back when not anymore the bins are the bins are a thing um but yeah so the scene is now there's some cool cats you know that are new to the game that you know you can I and you know this and anyone watching that is like a true picker you can pretty much smell another picker from a mile away right oh yeah 100% yeah yeah so um Definitely just kind of like, okay, there, there he is. There, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. Um, there's actually a, a couple of smaller accounts that are in my hometown, which is mind blowing to me. Yeah. So let's talk about those early days. So how did you get into it back in 2013? Okay. So yeah, um, I had a friend, I just always like bought vintage and liked vintage. Like I just had a dope ass closet and like good style and one day my friend was like uh you know that like people sell like mickey mouse t-shirts for like 40 bucks and i was like what like i pass on mickey mouse shit you know what i mean yeah. so i was like damn okay like all right little let me look into this a little bit and, like checked out some etsy shit and i was like okay but so basically i I just opened an Etsy account and like purged my personal stash of stuff, but it was all like true vintage girl stuff, like no t-shirts. You know what I mean? Like I always, like I would seek out, like I always looked through the tees, but it would have to be, well, back then for Etsy, it had to be 20 years old or older, or they would like take your listing down. I remember that. I remember that rule. That rule does not fly nowadays. Oh, hell no. And it's funny how much it's like how much I have changed in how I'm viewing this shit. But um, yeah, because if it was if it was like post 1996, like it was trash. Like I wouldn't yeah. buy it, <laughs> which is crazy. Like if it had a website on it, fuck it, it's garbage. And now I like I'm curating an early internet collection. So it's, I guess yeah. I wasn't really thinking big picture at that point. But well, it's hard to. I mean, you know you. I, I saw on your Instagram, you're 31, you're 31, right? 31. Yeah. Yeah. So even me, I'm, I just turned 40 
you know, now I can see those trends and I can kind of look at it differently and be like, okay, this is next, this is coming in. But it's hard when you're young to look and have foresight into what's going to be next. Cause you're, you're very yeah. in the moment. You're very like, what's happening now? What can I sell now? It's hard to really look 10 years out and kind of project. For sure. And I, I think that I always kind of considered, I mean, I, until recently, like a, a vintage purist. I mean, I still am a vintage purist because like, okay, I, I just bought and I paid up a little bit for a Prometheus t-shirt. That's a movie from 2012. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have paid more than four at all. I wouldn't have, I would have left that on the racks a year ago. Yeah. A printed wow. tag, fuck a printed tag. You know what I mean? Like, no. So, so I think you, you have an advantage though, by being in it and coming up through true vintage. For one, you understand fashion that way, right? Mm -hmm. You're not just, a, you're not just a t-shirt junkie. You, right. You have something else that you can rely on, which also, you know, I, I preach this shit, but when you're in the bins or you're in a thrift, it's like, you want to kind of maximize what you're doing. It's situational. You're there. It's like, if you see something that is worth money or it's cool to a, a different demographic, like why wouldn't you take that? And why wouldn't Diversify. you Diversify. Totally. Yes. So that's actually my challenge, but damn, maybe I should come up with a new one in the meantime. <laughs> well, no, that's cool. We'll save that for the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's cool. Cause I don't talk, I, you know, I talked to a lot of different people on the show, probably more these days, t-shirt heads, but not a lot of people that know about true vintage. And I do promote, people to learn about it so that's cool yes. that you you started in that so back in those days like what were some true vintage things that you were into okay so i like back then i feel like 70s was really popping right so anything that was like from the 70s like 70s bells you know which is still like they're still worth good money but um i think that really for me out of my personal closet like that first stash it was like a lot of 60s stuff like like mod kind of shit like that yeah and um, so, yeah, like I was saying, I would always look through the T-shirts, but I wouldn't waste time on, like, I would just buy them and, you know, post them like, oh, cool, you know, but for 25 bucks for me back then, it really wasn't worth the time of making the post and measuring it and all the tag words and all that shit. If I could sell a dress for 80, you know what I'm saying? So it was just kind of like back burner. Like I would always buy them, but I was just like not photograph them and also i know that you don't know like you don't know much about me but um i have hordes and hordes of it. my basement is full my attic is entirely full and now my front room and middle room is full 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 so this is full of mixed vintage everything um mostly all true vintage like 70s timberlands you know like shit like that you know i i probably have probably I have maybe like 200 Levi's that are just sitting upstairs wow yeah like sick so what's the plan ugh. this is just are, are you are you just a, like a hoarder style or are you didn't have time to list it or like what's the deal sure well um because of like being in southwest Ohio and going to the bins and no I mean people are elbowing to grab a dirty Nike flip-flop and I'm grabbing the 70s Timberlands no yeah. one else is I mean, it's just hand over fist. I, I, so it's just really been like a mass accumulation that I have like, I mean, I see that that's why I feel like Cortland's like, okay, shit. Like, you know, maybe yeah, yeah. let's 
let's like let's build her a little bit kind of thing because that's that's super cool do I you ever do see big things do you ever see uh like wholesale clients come through your area like do you have japanese clients no but i did get some um uh, i have only i only had two instagram like actual connections before this because uh, i've said this before but i've not said it to you um so yeah around here there's no like colleagues type of thing you know what i mean like yeah there 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 was one big picker based out of cincinnati you know and we would like smell each other for a mile away and be like hey what's up but like that's it right like we weren't really confident enough like talking or stuff like that like being friends um but there is two dudes that were day ones for me on social media and i'm talking day ones because i only made the account because etsy was like make an account it'll help sales it never did you know my my shop did fine i didn't need instagram but so who are who are who are the people who are the day ones Lenny, Lenny, get it, get it, 702. Yeah, yeah. Been liking, sh- showing me love since fucking day one. That's so Day rad. one, for sure. Yes. Super G, OG Lenny. And he's from, Okay. is it from, is he from Cincinnati? Yeah. He's from Cleveland. Cleveland. So that's, that's right, what yeah. I was going to say. It's funny because he, he's been in Las Vegas forever. Like he was in Las Vegas then, but he was like, he's an Ohio boy. So yeah. Like, okay, cool, cool. You know, like that. And then also the other one, Greg, uh, his, his new last shirt standing was his old account, but now he started free shipping vintage um, and it's freeshippingvintage.com. Greg, and he's also, he's from Akron. So two okay. high boys, goats, like the hardest hustle, listing fucking t- like too many shits per day, like idols, yeah. you know, and they made time out for me. But it wasn't like starstruck. But now looking back, I'm like, damn, man. Like Lenny was fucking with me in 2012. Like that's dope. Yeah, that's super rad. And then he feels so outside of it. And it's crazy because I feel so outside of it. You know what I mean? Like of the whole scene of like the social media. Yeah. Yeah. He. We talked about that on on our episode together. You know, there's a lot of things going on. And um yeah, so much, so many things have changed. He's been in it for, he said, like twenty five years, right? He's he was doing this since yeah. the mid nineties. So you've seen it come and go and come and go, and it's you know you got to roll with it. I feel like he's he rolls with it pretty well, um, better than a lot of people because a lot of people just get salty on what's going on. But oh no, yeah, I mean he's he's in his own lane. Totally. There's no. So I, I have a question: Are you a kung fu master? Tiger. <laughs> So about my name? Yeah. Okay. So when I first started my Etsy shop, I, and it was my personal stash show, it was Material Girl Vintage. That was my my shop name. And that was yeah. my Instagram page. And then I was like, fuck. So once I realized that I, okay. Obvious, so Obviously I'm, a Madonna, a Madonna vibe. Right. But yeah. um, then I realized, okay, after maybe, I made 300 sales in my first 30 days. Damn. on etsy yeah and so it was like yeah so it was like oh shit like you're first off if you do that you're probably underpricing your shit right <laughs> yeah uh, but i mean you know buy for two sell for 18 at that point was a great business model totally 100 and it you can't, still you can't get, is you can't get caught up if you're doing 300 sales even at a low value that's huge money 
yeah so it was just like pushing weight but then I was like oh man okay so then it kind of opened up my eye up to buying things that not necessarily I can wear but still is cool someone else would appreciate so then I started buying for like big boys and like getting two XLs and like big jeans and stuff and I thought well tiger like oh I thought it's a little too like right so yeah so my shop name on Etsy is tiger style vintage and that actually was my at but um about a year ago I took the vintage off of it and added USA because too many counts said vintage (laughs) kind of but um so So the Wu-Tang reference yeah totally Wu-Tang reference so the Wu-Tang reference is one right right okay tiger style okay um also that is like the fastest way to fucking kill someone in martial arts which is like just strike for death you know yeah i was actually reading about it just before and it was like there is no defense in tiger style there is only offense yeah yeah, it's literally most damage as quick as possible (laughs) get to the fucking point yes and then um i hunt in the wild so yeah it just kind of made sense my senior pictures, you have a cute little tiger paws in all your t-shirt pictures lately, so. <laughs> yeah, I found that tiger on the side of the road. <laughs> I was like, now, I gotta have it. I am uh, down with the name. It's a good one. It, it's memorable. So many times I see a lot of names and I forget about them. It's funny, I used yeah. to like, I used to give a lot of shit to, well, I, I just like would make fun of different names, but there's so, you're right, there's so many vintage names. And then some people have gone out and changed names because of stupid things I've said on the podcast or like YouTube videos. For real? Yeah, and I'm like, dude, I'm just playing around. And then <laughs> one of the guys who was about to change his name, a Vancouver homie, his name's Josh, I think it's a Van Thrift Vintage, he got hit up recently by a dude who had a whole garage full of t-shirts because his name on Instagram said vintage. So he was like, I'm so glad I didn't fucking change the name because someone hit me up. The first thing they searched in the area, I came up, boom, he called me. I got like a thousand t-shirts, all killer stuff just because someone hit him up because of his name. So whoa, goes both ways. Yep. Didn't think about that. I want to get into this contest, okay? <laughs> I had Cortland on the show. And, mm-hmm. and I watched that. Because that was an episode where he, he had announced the contest. And the contest was yeah. he was going to pay for flight, a hotel in LA. You get to come for a week. You pick it as rag house. You get to kind of be mentored and by And showroom. And showroom. I don't even know the extent of it, and you won this contest. Honestly, guys, like straight up, I didn't even watch your interview with Cortland until two weeks after I won it because I hadn't. No one sent it to me, and I didn't know, and I didn't know about the contest. And that someone nominated me because you had to be nominated. Yep. Um, and someone was like, "Yo, I nominated you for the sweepstakes," and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You know, and so then I slowly started kind of like figuring out like, oh, shit, like that would be dope. But like, and also um, in the Midwest, like, especially Ohio, like there's no rag houses at all, at all. So it was kind of, I was just like, damn, like almost figuring it out along with everyone. And actually had someone else say that they did as well after the fact. Okay. So you might've had, Um, you might've had more than, you might've had more than, you know, really. Maybe that's why you won partly. 
Maybe. Well, I don't know though. After, after figuring out what it all entailed and why see, because when it was announced that I want, because Portland's idea, like he said, when he was doing the interview with you, he was like, it's not about me. Like I'm going to let someone else announce it. And like the plan was, okay, Wiz will announce it because of his crazy following, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just like, like put me out there more kind of thing. So how did that all go down? How did the announcement go down? And how did you know to be tuning in when he announced it? Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it's funny because Wiz did ask me that. Um, Okay. So Cortland sent me a message and was like, yo, uh, this is maybe like a week before. It was like, yo, like you're a finalist, but um, maybe, maybe it was before that, but he was like, you're a finalist. Um, If you won, could you, come out to LA for a week essentially you know because I got kids right yeah totally so but he had already chosen me at that point I didn't know that and I was just like oh I'm a finalist like okay cool you know whatever um and then the day before it was going to be announced he was like yo you're still a finalist um but the person that wins has to be watching Wiz Wednesday are you going to be able to like be available for that? And I thought, Oh my God, this man, like if he's telling me this shit and I don't win, like, so as soon as he sent me that message, I was like, Oh fuck. Like that seems like I won. So I, I kind of had like a, an idea that, that, he, you know, yeah, otherwise why down. would he say watch it? You know what I mean? Like that would just be cruel. <laughs> like me just sitting like that. But, um, but I still, I, I always try to like not get my hopes up. Um, just because easier to like, just not have to deal with disappointment. And like, that's always been my thing. So like worst case scenario is like my go-to kind of thing, just so I don't get my hopes down or, you know, like get disappointed. Yeah. Trip of a lifetime, you know, no one wants to think they're going to get that and then lose it. That's worse than not getting it. You know, so. So you're you're watching the live and Wiz is go, Wiz is going off. He's doing okay. His thing. So right. So I I'm thinking. Oh my god. Like this is this has to maybe maybe but like probably not probably not Tara. Like don't 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 like don't think about it. And then yeah, Wiz was like Tiger Style USA. Like come in here and I was just like oh shit. Um yeah. And then he's like because you know that the the. I know that you know, and if anyone else watching that hasn't watched Cortland's interview, should definitely watch Cortland's interview before Passe, um, because the, and it's funny because I hadn't known that yet, like how deep it was, because it's not really about like it's not just like some random giveaway. I mean, yeah, it's deeper than that for sure. So, and then Wiz knew that, so Wiz is like, yeah, what's your story? And I was just like, uh, you know, and there's. 200 people watching there's hearts going and I'm just like freaking out. I just kind of thought, where do I start? Like, I mean, I don't know, you know, but, um, the sweepstakes, the sweepstakes couldn't have gone to a better person. And we've talked about this off camera, but you've had a pretty crazy life. So get into it, share it with the people. I know where to start. Okay. Well, I think the, probably the first thing, the first thing to say is that, yeah, my dad committed suicide um, when I was three. And um, I have a, I have a half brother um, and he was a baby. He was a baby. Uh, and he also did it in front of my grandpa and so he didn't die your, right your, away. 
your half brothers aren't from your dad. Mm -hmm. So your grandpa saw your dad die. That's wild. Well, yeah, he actually didn't die right away. He was care flighted. Um, I feel like it took him like a day and a half to die. You did you ever have any closure with that? Like why? I mean, yeah, you, honestly, because yeah, we haven't. Uh, thank you for that question because we haven't talked about that. Um, I think that like when when something like that happens so young, where there was like I always just I'm like yeah my dad's dead, and people be like oh I'm so sorry and I'd be like that that is what my dad is, my dad is dead, my dad I don't have memories of my dad you know what I mean, like that's 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 my dad was always dead for me you know like mentally, but then I think that. Yeah, because I used to have reoccurring dreams of um, like blaming myself kind of thing. I feel like when a parent chooses to leave you like that, it's definitely, yeah. So I had reoccurring dreams where uh, he would hand me a gun and like want me to shoot him. So that happened for like years. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, okay. So that's definitely like the beginning of my my, my thing for sure. Um, um, and my mom, you know, she was young and I, I'm, sh we don't get along. We, we don't, we don't associate really, but I, I do kind of give it to her where it's like, I do understand, like, imagine having a baby in high school uh, with a guy that's like older out of high school, you know, whatever. And then like him doing that, you know, like that, that just, I couldn't imagine. So, but, um, and then struggling with like mental health has been like a thing for sure because I mean I've I can't believe I'm saying this out loud but yeah for real and this might be cathartic I've always always known like there can be no guns in this house well now that I have Clifton now I have my son it's different because I would never do that to him no matter how much I wanted to do it but um yeah I mean Clifton's only three so up until three years ago, I'm like, okay, because sometimes there is a heat of the moment. And like, that's what happened to my dad. Like, he didn't write a note. You know what I mean? I don't think he fucking planned it. It was just one of those things where it was just like, fuck it, it's easier to do like that. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I've definitely struggled with like feeling suicidal in my teens for sure. Um, you want to talk about the mountain? Yes, let's hear about the mountain. Okay. So obviously okay. that happens and you, you, your mom, your mom raised you after that, but obviously uh, your yeah, mom's going through some crazy shit of her own mental health issues, dealing with the, uh, a man that just killed himself. Mm -hmm. Well, they weren't together, but you know, yeah. Um, cause he was married to my, my brother's mom. Um, and actually like, he's probably not going to watch this. Um, so my brother's trans. So it was like always like my sister, but like my brother, he's definitely my brother now. Like he's totally a dude. So, but just that's a little added context. Um, but yeah, so my mom remarried to a guy that was, you know, uh, 16 years her senior. And we had a, a good little bit, you know, I had two stepsisters, you know, so swim team you know 
went to went to private school for a little while so it was kind of it was we were on the up and up almost and then um they got divorced and i was by myself with her and that was just very um so i think and she abused my oldest stepsister when when i was younger um i was kind of like out of focus but she abused ashley a lot um uh, Ashley was five years older than me. So by the time that like, by the time that I got, you know, back into just me and my mom, I was like 11. And I think that she started like, I don't know, it was just like seeing herself in me or something like that, where it just like, shit just changed. I was almost overnight. It was crazy. Yeah. And we didn't have food in the house. Like, oh man, she abused the shit out of me. The shit out of me. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. Like, yeah. Cutting my hair as a punishment, like my beautiful long hair, like cutting it off, like while I'm bawling, like, I, you know, a freshman in high school. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like making me say bad things about myself in the mirror. Like I had to do all the, all the chores. Like she didn't lay a finger, like, and she didn't cook. I had to do all the dishes, all the laundry, all the cleaning. It would be crazy. And I had no freedom. I had no freedom at all. Like, she would be like, I'd be like, hey, can I spend the night with Lauren? You know? And she'd be like, oh, yeah, we have to clean the entire house and then you can go. And then I would do all that. And like, Lauren would be on her way to come pick me up. And she would like check, almost like white glove test, just to fuck with me. And it would be like, oh, uh, you didn't put, you emptied the bag, you emptied the trash can in the bathroom, but you didn't put a new bag in. Tell Lauren to go home. You're not going. Just like shit like that, just like fucked up like yeah grabbing my face and twisting it and she always had naturally long nails i remember having scratches and bruises and so children's services had been contacted but around here i guess like i was telling you you know um i was living in montgomery county at the time it's like dayton metropolitan area so yeah i by the time they got involved it was i was 17. And you're you're in legal custody of your your parents till you're 18. I'm I'm assuming. Right. Yeah. And they they own your ass. Like. Yeah. She, yeah. So. Um, but I was placed with my grandma. Like so, children's services intervened. Oh man, God, and that story's long too. This is so fucking. You yeah, you can definitely cut any of this out if you want. But well, no. I mean, um, if you want to share it, I think it's good. I think it's. You know, thanks for sharing. But um, the, the, actually the straw that broke the camel's back, and I'll never forget it, shout out Mr. Mastinka, the uh, principal at Valley View. Um, it was a new school that I was going to. I, I changed schools uh, I ch like, th like three times like within the high school years. So at that point, it was just like, don't even worry about making friends. Like everybody's clicked up. You know, like I was an outsider and I didn't give up. You know, and I already had, I was already doing my own thing. So I didn't care about it like that, but, um, yeah. Okay. So shit. Um, yeah, I remember she, she kept me at, she would do this, like where it would be like a school night and, um, she would actually like accuse me of some shit that I didn't do. Like, like something like I definitely didn't do until like three, four, five in the morning to the point where I would just admit 
unified me. And so it was just like, it, it's just like a, a, all right, all right, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Just like, let me go to sleep kind of thing. And um, I woke up after one of those nights and it was just, I think it was the night that she cut my hair like that. And I, I mean, like she cut like fucking, like over a foot off my hair. Um, but I just went to school and I was just in my head. And like I sat alone at lunch all the time anyway. Like I was just, I was, you know, listening to music. Elliot Smith, of course, the most depressing shit you could ever listen to, right? Why not wallow in your sorrows? <laughs> and um, I just started writing what literally happened just that night. And it came to be like two pages. And I thought, and I, I gave it to my principal. Mr. Masenko, and he was like, oh shit, like, and so I had my truck, so I was, I mean, like, I didn't have to get picked up or anything, so I think I stayed behind a little bit, but, so he called, they and came from school, she was like, did you tell anybody what happened last night, and I thought, you know what, because I knew he had already called children's services, and I thought, this is my chance, and I, it was almost gave me, like, some power, too, I was like, yeah, I did, and she was like, who? And I was like, <laughs> the fucking principal. And like children serve, the he called children's services. Oh my gosh. She takes me to police station because she'd been giving me weed, rolling up weed, letting me smoke in the house. She's delinquent. She's unruly. She smokes weed. Took me to my dad's grave, screamed and said like, you shot your, to leave me with this. I like just crazy, 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 crazy. Um, and then, yeah, so within like two days, I met with the ladies. There was like a team of ladies and I wanted to be a, a social worker because of that, because, but you know what, then I realized because they made me a promise. They said, you don't have to go back to her ever again. And I was like, fuck, thank God. I mean, like, wow, yeah, free. Uh, free at last. But it didn't work out like that. And that's like, and now I still have another fucking 20 minutes of story on it. And I don't want this to be like a crazy long thing or like TMI, but all right. So that is the vibe where it's like, oh, fuck, I'm almost out. Like I can. So they, you, you were, you were let down by the social workers who made you the promise that didn't come. Through. <sighs> well, actually, you know, they tried their best and, and Melanie, my mom, um, so we had an ex parte, which is Latin for emergency hearing, which I don't know if any of y'all know anything about shit like that, but if they are pushing you through like that and making it an emergency hearing within three days and they had temporarily placed me with my grandma and we had like an order. Um, so I th yeah, I thought I was home free. And I'm at school, I'm in honors English, 12, you know, senior year. Um, and it was like, ooh, Tara, come to the principal's office. And I was like, oh, shit. And so I just got up, and Mr. Masinko was in tears, which was very alarming. And there were two people standing beside him, like, fucking, like, cops, you know? Like, they, they, they weren't cops, but they looked like, you know how, I don't know how they stand, but, like, just some shit like that or whatever. And he's, he's bawling, crying. Like, he's not bawling, like, but he's crying. 
and he's on the phone and he's calling the Germantown police station and he's like, okay, there's this temporary custody order with these people. And he was like, my hands are tied. Um, so the, these guys legally had the right, they called the cops, so he, it was legit. Yeah, and so, um, and he said, Tara, these people are here to take you to your new school. And meanwhile, you know, I'm thinking that I've got court in two days. I'm going back to my mom and papa's house. I've got a boyfriend. I've got friends. They take my phone. They handcuff me and walk me out of school, put me in a car, and we go straight to Dayton Airport. Now, it's, it's funny because, like, I am such, like, a, like, they were just doing their job. Like, we ended up kind of bonding. You know what I mean? Like, because it's a legitimate job. They're called transporters. So my mom paid these people to take me to this like survival camp school for unruly kids. And I mean, she could say, all right, drug tester. She smokes weed, you know, she's out of control. Like it was just her word against mine. Yeah. Uh, so, but she knew she was losing custody and that was her last grab. And the plan was that I was going to go up there and live on a mountain in a tent until I was 18 years old. And I had just turned 17 which is fucking crazy, right? And yeah, and I, I, I don't have to go into like the big story about that, but yeah, that was September 26, 2006. And it's a uh, Colorado-Utah border. So fucking winter, right? You know, it's pretty much like, I mean, I go up there, it's like, whatever. This is the girl's tent. This is the boy's tent, getting the girl's tent. I wake up, there. there's like, I think yeah, it was very much a boys club there too because most unruly teens that are sent to a survival camps are boys right so there was like four girls at the time there ended up only being like two and there was like 12 boys and they were all and like these were all kids that like really needed interventions there was a little girl that ran away from her family she was 15 to to like date a latin king who was like 30 there was uh yeah there was a dude who uh was there for attempted murder um, there was the dude that got caught with nunchucks stealing at Ace Hardware and was concealed a concealed weapon charge, shit like that, like some real ass shit for sure. Um, so yeah, the plan was whatever. Her plan was to fucking just ruin my life essentially because she was losing control. Um, so I was forced to drop out of high school uh, immediately, like the day they took me, I was done um and I, I only spent three months there but it was the dead ass winter right and this is like survival camp type of shit where we're collecting the wood we're carrying water digging latrines you know uh making we call them bow drills and yeah you take um if you have a little piece of cord and some rope you can make fire with wood Ain't no yeah. castaway. Hand drills on castaway, you can't do that with one person. You can do a hand drill if you've got seven people in line waiting. Like, yeah, because you get tired, you need someone else to come in, you can do a hand drill like that. But yeah, I can make fire with nothing. So, so you did it with the bow drill? You actually got it going? Oh, yeah. That shit's hard. Yeah, you had to. And so that's what it is like where, and it was the system, it was actually called Mountain Home Youth Ranch. M Y H R or whatever, yeah. Um, and it was, and it was the reason that's so stupid why my mom like picked this place 
she saw it on Dr. Phil. Oh, damn. Yeah. And oh, I have a question about I, this place. Like, when you're there, obviously, it sucks. You got ripped out of high school. You got ripped away from your friends. But was it, were they treating you like, like military or was it like more like school? So it was like harsh. They're like, they're like, get up, go move this shit, dig this oh, hole. Okay, so, so you wake up to, and the, okay, so the people that work there, which was really kind of cool. Like I said, a lot of these kids did need some like help or like getting out of their situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doing some like fucked up shit. Um, so the way that the schedule worked, they would work eight days on, eight days off. So there was basically like two crews, but one of the main guys, never forget it. His name was Jose. He was an ex Marine. Um, and he, and yeah, he would always say, we, someone would ask him and he would always say no dice, but also like he would wake you up. Like, so the wake up call was six minutes. So it would be Jose saying six minutes. And that meant you had six minutes to be fully dressed, have your pack, complete your sleeping bag back in your pack your entire backpack we moved camp every week we would hike for miles i mean this was some real ass shit damn took showers in those like makeshift showers you so we would boil a little bit of hot water and put it in there but like there would be cold water by the time you would get out physically hear your hair freeze which is such a crazy fucking thing like it's it's like a rubbing sound it's very odd and there were so many rules there were so many rules like we couldn't be around the fire pit within three feet and if you did you failed your week so if you didn't do you know if you didn't make fire with the bow drill you failed your week or if you said uh, a deity you couldn't say god if you said deity that would fail your week if you stepped over the i mean it was just so many fucking rules crazy stuff Ew, and we had to eat germade every single morning which is what they feed to horses it's like it's the lowest of the low of grits and Ger i don't even germade i've never germade. Even heard of this germade yeah and it's just like some powder ass shit that's that's like a, a a whey kind of protein uh thing like um and then for every lunch we had to re-eat rice and lentils and the oh and I fucking hate lentils and lentils and rice cook at like different times. So either the rice would be over, whatever. Yeah. Fuck a lentil. Legumes. But um, yeah, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, besides all that, like, and I haven't really even wrapped it up because I got a ticket out of there because I had, and I say frostbite as a shorthand, but it wasn't diagnosis frostbite. But I had something happen like on this finger. And then, and it was just like an open wound. And then the next day it was this one and this one and this one. And they were just swollen and they were like caked with dirt. It was ridiculous. Um, and they felt like really hot. It was like really bad. And so I would um, pack a little bit, a little baggie with, uh, with snow just to kind of ice them down a little bit, you know, to kind of cool them down. Um, then finally I said medical neglect enough. <laughs> And they were like, shit, we got to take this girl to the hospital. So they did. I never went back, um, which is crazy because, you know, everyone, we all, we all just kind of consider ourselves like lifers there because like everyone was just con consistently failing their weeks. It was like, I'm going to get out when I'm 18, right? Like that was it.
So and you the, have, the, if you passed your week, did you get something? No, no. You would just go forward for the next week and it was like a fucking six month program or some shit. It was crazy. But it's like, if you fit no. And at first I was like, fuck this. I don't need to be here. Like children's service is going to come and get me. Right. You know, it was totally unfounded. I was like, this is illegal. Like we ha I have a temporary custody order with my grandma. Like, how is this even a thing? So at first I rejected the program. And I was like, fuck it, I'm not going to try this, doing this stupid ass shit. But I love camping. I love the outdoors, you know. Um, eventually, once I realized you're going to have to make it work, girl, you know, so then I started trying. And then still accidentally failing, which is so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, like one time we were all brushing, we all would brush our teeth around the, the fire circle. And, but like I said, there was a ring around it. So if like your foot touched the line, weak failed. That stripped. Wow. Yeah. And so we're all brushing our teeth and it was like a good night. Like no one did nothing crazy or whatever. And someone mentioned Dunkaroos, the snack. And I was like, oh shit, Dunkaroos. And I put my toe in that line. And that was the first week that I had made fire. That was the first week that I passed, but I failed it because my toe crossed the line because I got excited about 90s nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Story of my life. So um, you got out of there because of the, because of the, because of the, it sounds like you had like a staph infection or something on your hand. No. And actually uh, the doctors that were the, they called like several other doctors. There was literally like five medical professionals that were just like, we don't know, but we think that the cold exasperates it. So she can't go back. And it was just like, all right, shit. Yeah. All right. Flash forward, fly home. Boyfriend picks me up in the dead of night that night go to my grandma's house, call a lawyer, done, emancipated, don't talk to my mom, she gets charged, child endangerment, contributing to the delinquency of a minor, um, yeah, I don't even remember the charge, I know that those were two charges for sure, I def like defying the, the, the custody order, but, um, yeah, so that, <laughs> a wild ride, wild childhood, so, you know, I'm glad you are out the other side. Do you, do you ever look you, and talk? Yeah. Let me say this though. That was a wild ride, but honestly, it didn't make me who I am. And I still love camping. And like, honestly, it was, I mean, I'll never think, I will never thank that bitch for what she did. But honestly, it made me you know, and it was, it was like a spiritual experience. Like there were only a, a box full of books, you know, I, I read a lot, wrote a lot. It was introspective shit, you know, like also like just building life skills on like just being like, you can drop me off in the woods and I'll survive. Like as a 17 year old girl, I mean, I'd always had that kind of attitude, but it definitely was a bittersweet experience because it was out of my control and it wasn't my choice, but I don't regret it for a minute. That's good. Good attitude. Yeah. And now you still don't have a really good relationship with your mom, correct? Yeah. Right. Correct. Do you, do you ever think you could forgive your mom, even though you're not happy with what she did? I, I definitely could if she was sorry for one second, but she ain't. And you know what? It's funny. Um, me telling about like my hands and how they were 
um, the cold, they, the doctor said the cold, you know, they didn't want me in those conditions, basically. Not necessarily the cold made it happen. But I packed my, you know, I would put ice on them because they were swollen and throbbing. And that was the only relief that I could get. And she doesn't know this story, right? She goes and tells everyone, I did it on purpose. I gave myself frostbite on purpose. Like, so her, she's so warped with her idea of like, oh, I just did what I had to do at the time. Ugh. She's like, yeah. she's a very, like a very difficult person to like be around. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I had to go through that. And um, thank you for sharing it with us. And I think the sweepstakes could not have gone to a more deserved person. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And also though, um, I've been on, been on my own since I was 17. So I've been, and I was living downtown. I've been raped, robbed, car stolen, coming in, taking my TV. Like this shit has not, I've been raped like five times. Wow. Yeah. That is true. So don't really even have anything to say to that. I know. Right. Like I know. And I'm happy that you are doing well now. Looks like you have a good family. I can say yeah, that. Yeah, no more of that, that in the future. I'll Do put that in. That? I'll put that in. Okay. I mean, so you, you just said it. You, I recorded that. You got, you're okay to put okay. that in. Yeah. No, I, I literally have. And, and also, not even like I've been like in the kind of like held down kind of shit where it's like totally, but also sleep assault is rape. If this bitch is drunk and passed out on a couch, you can't drag me up the steps by my foot and fuck me all night, right? That's rape. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's happened, that's happened a few times. And the dude that stole my car actually killed himself in it. He, he crashed it and died. Damn. All right, Pete Gary did Roberts. You, you know the guy? Mm-mm. He was just uh, somebody that it was like in a long-term care facility. They let him walk out the front door. He's like mentally unstable. His name was Gary Roberts. He was 37. And he was in the car for three minutes. So basically crashed it right around the corner from your house. Um, well, I was at, I actually had a friend's apartment complex. Yeah. And it was a, it was a Dodge Neon that I bought for 500 bucks. The speedometer didn't work. Um, and you like couldn't turn the radio down and like the windows didn't go down and it was hot as fuck. Like he got in that car. It was blasting Hank. I saw him drive away in it. <laughs> it was blasting Hank Williams. And you know, you don't know how fast you're going and you're fucked. Up. I don't know. It was something crazy, but yeah, it was in it three minutes. The dudes at the towing, like we had never seen the engine came out of the car before he hit the tree. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, um, no, I, I feel like that's why, because it's not about like the struggle, really. I mean, because that makes you who you are. Like I would never, I mean, of course I would like things to have been easier for me, but would I be as baller ass bitch as I am right now if I had put up with all that? So, you know, it's just like, like it's a positive attitude kind of vibe where I'm just like, yeah, that's the story, but it made me me, and I wouldn't take it away for nothing, you know? Yeah, that's the right attitude. Do you feel good about sharing it? I do. 
good. Yeah, I know. I, I it's it's kind of interesting though to think about. Like, I don't mind this like going out to the vintage community, but it's it's going to be a little different coming out to like people who know me my personal life but don't know me like that that you know what I mean this was like uh, I would say just to shorthand it like just charitable as fuck right yeah complete totally. complete charity so the lot you you went on live with Wiz and obviously you were like nervous you had so much emotion going on and uh was that the first time you went live or have you been going live before that Okay, so I had gone, I had gone live once because I did my set with uh, Chris on the virtual flea the same weekend that you dropped your hookups. So that was, you know, a few weeks before, several okay. weeks before, I think. Um, and then just slowly started like getting a little bit more following, like tuning into like other people's stuff. Maybe I would like be on a live where there's like 10 people in the room. But you know, nothing like that. Like that was the second time that it was like big league shit. I was like, oh fuck, you know? Yeah. I'm cussing a lot. <laughs> That's all good. That's what's good about the lives, you know? <laughs> Speak your mind. So how did how did that go down? Obviously, like you said, you're a mom. You're a mother of three. Okay, so I have two stepsons. Well, Jake and I aren't married. Um, but yeah, we've been together for five years and he had two sons. And he gets them every weekend and two days a week. Um, and so I was like, if I'm going to be doing this mom thing, like, let me go ahead and make another kid about it. Just so yeah. like, there's no empty net layer or just, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, yeah, we just plan Cliff. And so I have my three-year-old son and then I have his two stepsons yeah. ages 13 and seven. So needless to say, it's full on. Mama T. Mama T is, yeah. I've seen pictures of you in the bins with your baby on your chest going for it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty bad. Oh, shit, yeah. Pregnant, dude. And people would, I mean, people always talk about, like, how cutthroat the bins are. But back then, like I know we were saying, you know, like, it wasn't for vintage, though. But, yeah, like, people, like, elbowing my, like, pregnant belly at the bins for a dirty flip-flop and leaving a 70s Timberland boot. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, it was just it's crazy. crazy. I'm, it's uh, insanity. But speaking on that, you see all the new pickers. You're saying, like, there's so many new pickers. You just you can smell them a mile away, right? They're, like, in the room. You know. Oh, yeah. Um, they put off an energy. And mm -hmm. there wasn't, obviously, as many back in the day. But the, there's a difference, whereas probably a lot of those pickers now kind of hang out and chat and like shoot the shit where like they do, if, yeah. if you did see a picker back in 213 they'd be like yo you're you're dead to me like don't come around here i feel like it was a lot more cutthroat between yes the different pickers you know i absolutely agree with that and that's why i was just like oh shit like we can talk and we can talk shop and have fun about it because like i said you know besides uh lenny and greg who was virtual which was like social media the face to face kind of thing. And I, and I, yeah. And it's two, two specific major, major players that were just like, fuck with me, you know, even saying like, Oh, don't buy that. People don't like that. And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to, when I sold it, you know what I mean? Like, so just kind of a little bit more discouraging. Um, definitely not trying to share knowledge or spread love. No, so, for sure not. But, yeah. Um, 
so on to the next step in your journey here. You you did the live, you you won. And then how long was it till you actually got to go? Um, okay, yeah, that's a good ooh, about so it was around my birthday weekend. My birthday is August 4th. Um, I think it was announced like a little after that. And I, I, my, my set was September 26th, if that gives like any kind of time. So I spent seven days in LA. I got there like the 21st, I think. So you're a Leo, August 4th. Yes. Nice. My brother's a Leo. I'm August 28th, Virgo. Oh, yeah. I know Chris's birthday is the third, I think. Of September or August? Of August, yeah. Okay. Okay. So run us through this whole experience flying to LA. Like what were you expecting this to be like? How much communication did you have with him before going and all that? Yeah, I think we should back up a little bit before I get on the plane because I'm still like, okay, I just go I just got announced that I won. Yeah. So I'm still trying to figure out like, okay, this is cool. That's dope. Like, wow, I get to go pick in a rag house. Like I kind of even don't know what a rag house is, right? So I was like, that's dope. And never been to California in my life. Yeah. You know, haven't been on a trip, you know, and because I just don't have money like that. I never really did ever. So, um, so it was obviously like, wow, that's really, really awesome. But then once I realized like, holy shit, I mean, literally I can say it as shorthand. Cortland gave me like 6k worth of teas true so like you didn't i didn't even, realize you didn't that even have to, you didn't even have to pick them he just like here or you picked through i picked his stuff. i like okay so yeah he let me like pick through his stuff and we're just crazy. like yeah yeah and i had a couple people that were like okay so like the shirt that i sold for the most was that um alan iverson playoffs uh kobe shirt and i know that like a couple people had been like made offers big offers and he was like nah like he gave me a personal grail just to sell. And someone was like, did you sell that for him? I was like, no. And I mean, honestly, there was a point where I was like, like, I would be fine with giving him a cut. It wasn't like that at all. It was not like that at all. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I, then I watched the interview that you did with him and I was like, holy shit. Okay. So like, this is more heartfelt too. Like, because I, like he was saying, you know, like um working for that uh like tech company or whatever where they would have like they would put like a single mom like through school you know and like pay for a kid to go to camp and shit and like let her build up through the company just some kind of like hospitable ass shit yeah um and not even hospitable but just like and like he said if he you know he wishes at a point like that he could be someone would put him on and he's at a point where he can do that for someone and, and he chose me it, you know my and i'm beaming yeah it's so epic and it's so cool that he did that and for my, my mind i'm like so inquisitive i'm like that's why i had him on because i'm like what are you doing man like what's going on yeah. here? this is like something no one's ever done this people do giveaways all the time but this is much deeper than that the actual yeah. mon- monetary value of you going there and you, him giving you teas and the cost of all that is nothing compared to the knowledge and the gesture and his, his, um, his sincerity with the whole thing. It's just so 
it's it's like yeah it's really rad and I, I'm, I, it's, I'm Drew, glad like, you I, I miss him like I already miss him because like just hanging out with him like he has so much knowledge like I would think oh my god like you better really listen to this like absorb this into your brain like just changing my perspective on it in such big ways honestly so elaborate what kind of stuff did you learn from him I don't know I mean like you know I mean you've talked to him like he's just like his he is big picture yeah I mean you're big picture you know what I mean like like stepping aside a little bit and like just how we be like okay all right all these shirts that you've bought and paid for sitting there but like it's dead money if you don't sell them right so you got to sell them um Damn, I don't know. Like, you kind of put me on the spot. <laughs> That's what this is all about. That's what a podcast is. Um, but you know, talk about you. You said you didn't even really know what a rag house was. You you picked at the bins. You obviously picked at thrifts. You understood that side of the market. Yeah, yeah. And how shocking was it to see the whole the whole system of what goes on in a rag house? crazy especially because like Cortland has like a monopoly on that one so it's it was just me and him yeah so it was just yeah it was like really dope <laughs> so you're I mean it's you're, like having no go ahead um like like he said it, it is like having the bins to yourself so it's not all grails you know it's not all fucking heart-shaped boxes that you're pulling out I mean there were several teas that I pulled out that I was like, oh, this is vintage. And he was like, I wouldn't have even picked those. But I was like, it's vintage though. You know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, because I it's not all uh bangers for me. So, you know what I mean? It's not yeah, like totally. I'll do I have a uh, I have a booth at Teak Mall here. Um, so I just like pay them like they get seven percent of my sales. So I just tag it and leave it and go and just pick up my check like every month or whatever it's pretty easy yeah um, solid and yeah and like especially with like the lower mids you know what i mean like we got a b and c like d and e goes in the booth and it goes nice. which is crazy to me it was such a big leap i and i started a month before the pandemic with that booth and like of course everything shut down yeah but, but now it's it even good now that it's reopened yeah yeah that's great i mean in seven percent that's like that's epic that's nothing nothing yeah and I don't have to take a picture of it. I don't have to measure it. I don't have to describe it. And I don't have to list it. So it's key. Yeah, I promote that. I've, I've kind of told people this. I think there's not going to be an opportunity. I mean, that's like where it started doing an antique mall or something like that. But you can go to a streetwear store and be like, let me put a rack of tees in here. Or you can go to a skate shop or you can go anywhere and just say, let, mm -hmm. let's make it. Let's Records make it. Shops. Yeah, let's make a deal. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're getting an antique mall for 7%, even if you have to pay 20% to somebody, it's still a good deal. You literally yeah. tag it and put it in there and just wait. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I, well, I, do, I will say that I do have a booth rental, but it's because um, it's one of Ohio's largest antique malls. I mean, I'm in like the main room, Nice. Um, but it's never not paid for itself. Yeah. So, so back to the rags and a bale. Okay. Describe a bale of clothing to the viewers here. After you take your shot of vodka. I am sorry. Hey, though, it's midnight. <laughs> don't, my, oh, no, it's, don't be sorry. What time is it? It's, it's like, like 1 a.m. Yeah, it's 1. 
Uh, okay, so what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, okay, so describe a bale of clothing. A bit. What is a bale? Okay, a bale. Like, 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 what does it look like? How big is it? Okay, so first, like, let me t- like mentally take you through the that that situation. Okay, so like you walk in, and I mean it's in like the middle of um, well, okay, so yeah, yeah, but it just looks like nothing. You know, it looks like some building, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, industrial area. So you would, yeah, definitely, definitely, like in an alley, basically. And um, yeah, so then you walk in. You got Cortland's got a showroom here. And there's some offices and then he's got like his whole like things that he's picked that's not in the showroom. It's like tons of shit. Piles, tons piles, of piles shit. and piles. Talk about talk about jeans. That man has more Levi's than I have ever seen. I'm waiting for my um, order, Cortland. Hit me up. He's packing jeans for me right so, now. So and then Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Um, and then there's also there's the sorted bales and then the unsorted bales. So we've got the unsorted ones, which is definitely more like the bins, right? Uh, you've got brawls, you know, there's all kinds of stuff in there. Yeah. Oxford button downs. Like it's not, you know, like whatever, whatever, but um, still found some stuff in in those. Um, but then way in the backpack, it's just that, I mean, it's just stacks and stacks of, things that have been picked because you know it's not just rag houses aren't like for vintage right they're for the cotton and for the modern clothing mostly right so like children's shirts are and then they're all compressed into a thing and like bound tightly and they're going to be shipped you know somewhere um but we he let me go through a white veil which is apparently like it's like good shit yeah, pretty elusive to to get your hands on kind of thing. So, so okay. So these bales, these are thousand pound bales you're going through. Big, big cubes of t-shirts. The, the white bale, and then obviously you're talking about a, a, a mixed bale, which is a thousand pounds of like we're talking any garment of clothes in those mixed bales. Yeah, like and, all of them. Yeah. So when you went through a whole thousand pound bale of t-shirts, how much? poundage would you say you pulled out of a thousand pounds of usable stuff did you guys weigh it no we didn't was it like gosh garbage bag full pillowcase full a buggy full okay yeah um i'd say probably like a wheelbarrow full okay so then yeah wheelbarrow i'm gonna guess because i've been in this business a long time max like 50 60 pounds of of usable stuff out of max like yeah no more than yeah a full rag bag which is like those white burlap kind of bags is typically like 35 pounds okay um i just like to point that out because i think too many people think it's all grails all the time and they're like i just want to and people hit me up they're like can can i buy a bale off you drew and i'm like what are you going to do with a bale, dude? Are you going to open a bale in your backyard? And like, <laughs> you know, and, and then what are you going to do with all the stuff that you don't Drew, use? Drew, it, it, le- it was way less than 50 pounds. Okay. Yeah. So then you, you look at that numbers. Yeah. If you're like under 5% of usable stuff. And then even of that 5%, you're probably looking at like a couple really cool things, bunch of super mids. And then right, a bunch like you of found like, like Apple tea, like 
Macintosh, you know, computer tea, like some cool where we're like, oh, you know, like one of those that just kind of get you like excited, like, oh shit, this is really it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, it, it varies too, because sometimes those bales will come out of basically how the system works is if a thrift store has too much clothes, they'll put whatever they can on the racks and then they'll take whatever they can't filter through to the racks into those bales. And then they'll sell it off to people like Cortland or any other rag house. But then also they'll pull off the t-shirts from the racks that have already been out on the floor and put them in a bale. So if you get a bale of stuff that was already on the floor in a thrift store where there's pickers picked over yeah totally picked over and then you're just wasting time essentially so yeah totally hit or miss but but it's funny because in Cortland's hustle is so crazy he still goes through it like like he knows if even if he knows it's not gonna be like the like a good bail like he still does it yeah and yeah I mean that was like part of it because like like we vibed so hard and it was just like, damn, like I just, I mean, for me, it was like a dream vacation, like trip, you know what I mean? Yeah. But for him, he's like, I got to wake up at five in the morning, bitch. Like I can't be <laughs> drinking with you all night. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so yeah, his hustle is very, very inspirational for me. Yeah. And, and in the end of the day, it is a numbers game. It's like, if you go through a, enough of it, you'll find good stuff. It's just, right. it's total numbers. Sure. Game. But back to your I mean, experience yeah, in just, LA, like how, is this your first time in LA? First time in California ever. First time in California ever. So what, what's your thoughts about California? Even though you went during COVID. I love it. Like I, I didn't know. I was just like, damn, I can't, I like go to bed late all time. I need to be on California time. Yeah, like that. I, I was born that way. I need that. It is nice. No, I loved it. I mean, the... The weather, well, the warehouse, I mean, like, the rag house was hot as heck. You know what I mean? It was super, super hot. Yeah. So hot. I mean, those, the ladies that are, they work, they get off work at one. They start at five in the morning and leave at one because it's just too damn hot. Yeah. You know, and, and, the, and you went at the roof, hottest month you know. in August or end of, end of, yeah. end of beginning of September. It's like smoking hot. It was still crazy hot. Like, it was still so because he was like, well, maybe it'll cool down a little bit, like when we planned the trip or whatever. But no, dude, it was still so hot. Like, oh, just like, you know, when you can feel like your heartbeat in your cheeks. It was like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And dusty and the heat. And dusty. It, and, and it's, uh, it's hard work in there when, you, when you're yeah. slugging and slugging. Oh, that's what I do want to say. Because, yeah, like with the, um, like having the, the bales to your, the bins to yourself. Um, yeah. Okay. But you, if you go for 20 minutes, you're probably not going to find shit. Like it's the guys that are there all, all day long. You know what I mean? Like you have to put in that effort. So I just wanted to touch back on that because, uh, and I will say the, the young cats that I've been seeing at the bins, cause I don't frequent the bins very much anymore as of late. Um, but the young homies that I've been linking up with a little bit, they're like, you know, just kind of like chilling, whatever. Um, they're there all day long, all day long. You know what I mean? I just can't do it. I just can't do that. And I, I feel like, yeah, like Cortland kind of with this trip elevated me to where I'm not having to depend on like finding things on the racks or on the bins. And I can act, and he taught me about like eBay sniping and shit. Like, so yes. now I can, I can actually pay a hundred dollars for a shirt and sell it for one fifty. back then before my trip. There's no way I would do that. 
I mean, I have to, I would never, that profit margin for me was not good enough because I didn't have my paper up. Yeah, totally. You know what I'm saying? But if you can flip that, that's a 50 bucks made, but I just didn't have money like that. Yeah. So like there's, even if I thought, wow, I could buy this right now and sell it for double, it was too expensive for me to buy. Now it's kind of like, yeah. I've got and, some, and, I got some like investment opportunity situation. Going there's on. lots of different ways to go about the business and that's one of them. And it's like, you can sit at, you can sit at home and do that. And yeah, that game, you know, when you're, when you're starting at the bins and you're, you're new to it, you're kind of like learning, you're like, I'll invest a buck. Maybe I'll win. Maybe I'll lose. Who cares? Whatever. Yeah. You're not going to invest a hundred bucks. If you're like, maybe I'll win, maybe I'll lose. You got to know you're going right. to win. Right. And I know it's going to sell. So sniping is viable, but you have to have your knowledge up, you know, and your paper up first of all to buy it, but also you got to know you're going to be able to win. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're all, they're all good, you know, and, and I'm kind of on the side, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely buy high prices if I know I can flip it for sure. Okay, I don't okay. spend a ton of time sniping. We, you know, we have our own sources. We have raghouse. I have my own picker picking team. Like I have a full staff of pickers for us. Um, but I'll still do that. But um, I think like the new generation, it's different. You know, it kind of goes with sneaker flipping too, because people can buy a pair of shoes for 500 bucks and get 750. And it's like, boom, you just make 250 bucks. You got to do, right. do a lot of little t-shirt sales to do that. Mm -hmm. But if you do that a lot, because you know, those shoes are going to sell, it's, it's mad money. It's, you know, quick flips, yeah. right? Um, but you have to have that $500 to begin with. And a lot of, you know, people that are in the game and people that I fuck with in the game are just like, damn, I wish I could, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because yeah. that's definitely how I feel like if I could, I mean, I, I probably, I'm, I want to be at Cortland's level one day. I really do. And like to be able to do what he did to me, to someone else would be fucking sick as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I know like it has to, like for him, it was fun. Like he was saying in your interview with that he did with you, he was just like, okay, like a, a bail for me is like, whatever. Like I find this, like, he was like, I'm going to vicariously like enjoy someone else's like splendor, you know, at base. My, it's like, wow. Like, it's just. Yeah. Like a kid in a candy store. It's all new. It's exciting. Yes. Kid in a candy store. Exactly. That's so cool. You know? And I think, do you think yeah. being where you are, like he's in, he's in LA, he's in one of the most high competition cities out there. You know, you try to try to do this business in New yeah. York. It's super hard. Try to do this business in LA. It's super hard. Um, even like cities like Seattle, there's tons of competition and there's not, the rag trade is actually kind of dwindling down. Like it used to be a lot bigger than it is now. Okay. Um, you have an advantage being in Ohio. I do. Sorry. I'm just, I think you do because you know, there's opportunity there. You know, everybody just, everybody yeah. does this like migration. They're like, let's go to New York. Let's go to LA. Let's go to Houston, Texas. Let's go to Seattle. Let's go to these places. They're not like moving to Ohio. And I tell people that too. I'm like, if you're serious about this business and you really want to like do it, it you got to make sacrifices. And one sacrifice might be like moving somewhere where nobody else is willing to move. Okay. Let me give you guys all you, I know they're going to be listening after. So I'm saying guys in a past tense, Yeah, yeah you know, whatever. but okay. So here's one example. So I'm coming home from like a play date 
or no, I forget what it was. I don't know. I was doing some whatever and just driving past and saw an estate sale sign. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Let me go in here and see what's going on. A barn full of 40s, 50s, and 60s ranch where uh, the couple was a square dancing couple that like did professional yeah. shit. Like 50 cents a piece. I got 80 pieces for like 50 bucks. I'm talking 40s suede jackets, like his and hers matching, like custom tailored in Denver, like all that. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to find that in L.A. No, never. Never. <laughs> no. So that's Sorry. what I'm talking about. There's opportunity in these Shout places. Shout out Miamisburg, Ohio. Shout out Miamisburg, Ohio. It was a farm, and it was in a barn. It's a sick name for a town, Miamisburg. That's the kind of shit I love. I love it's hitting like stuff like that. It's minutes for me. Uh, yeah. It was a major come-up. Major come-up. So was that, would you have flipped that on Etsy? Or do you still have it all? Yeah, actually, I, I kind of still have it all because they were like, they're, just, they're grails, like chain-stitched. Like, I say gabardine. I don't know if people say it like that. Gabardine. How do I, you say gabardine? Gabardine. Because doesn't the B come before the R? Gabardine. Yeah. Yeah, the gabardine. Right, so people you know who are what? listening who don't know what that is, it's a, it's a wool-based material, yeah. but it's very soft. And they made it in like the 30s, 40s, 50s. You don't really see it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like a rayon kind of feel a little bit, maybe. But um, no, so as I am self-taught. And so when you read a word that you don't know how to pronounce, you just like make it up in your head. And I've never really like sh- shooted shit with anyone else that like talks about like even, even earlier tonight was saying, uh, I, w- I call them raglans. And he said raglan. And I was yeah. like, oh shit, like I've never really, you know what I mean? Totally. He was like, oh, you know, the sleeve, but yeah. Yeah, so a raglan sleeve is when the neckline, the sleeve line hits the neckline. There's yeah. no, there's no shoulder measies. It's, it's neckline to sleeve. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that, that's a good segue. We're going to jump into some trivia then. Okay, cool. You ready for the trivia? Damn. Yeah, I hope I don't. <laughs> yeah. I no, think so. I, I think your knowledge is way beyond my trivia, actually. So I didn't, I, we haven't never talked. Ooh, you so want to try to get me on a stumper, though, huh? Go for it. Shoot your shot. I'm um, ready. Okay. This one should be an easy one because you spent the time with Cortland. What happens to the T-shirts that nobody wants that don't get picked or don't get used for resale? They get cut and made into rags. True. <laughs> ding ding ding! You get, you, get, you get the right answer. So they get cut. They get bucked. No, the, oh, Go I was going to say, pull one out of your head. Like, actually, try to stump me. I'm intrigued. Okay, well, now. I'll run through this list, and then I'll come up. Then I'll come up with something. Okay. Okay. Um, what year was Ralph Lauren founded? Ralph? Lo- oh God, damn! I don't know that. It, it's on um, a lot of their clothing. Polo. Just yeah. polo or like Ralph Lauren, uh, I don't know, like 80s, 90, nope. 90. Fuck, I don't know that. Okay, well, we got you with that one. It was 1967. You see it on so many polo pieces. Yeah, like it'll be like, they'll just put it oh, on yeah, the ESC. Yeah, I guess I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Okay. My bad. What is, what's vintage clothing called that has never been sold? Dead stock. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> um, well, you know, have you, okay. Yeah, I was just, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of freaking out. Like, have you ever found like six polo pieces in the past, like recent? 60s polo pieces? That's crazy. It's actually, yeah. he, it's written just on, so, yeah, it's written on so many of his pieces, but the stuff, so he basically started making men's ties, just like neckties. So it was like formal okay. wear. And then he got into like, kind of like that golf wear and you can find old, really old golf shirts, but the it's, it's tricky. I bet you people don't even know because the tags are basically the same. Like the tag didn't change. Like it's the, my the details are so small that you'd be like, it's just a polo golf shirt. So it's hard to right. tell. Okay, and, wow. and there is little details. My brother's the polo nerd and he knows more than me about it even. And there's ways to tell. There's something about the, the size. So the polo tag is like the blue tag and then they'll have a little smaller size tag. And the size tag, if it's um, like a, um, a very minimalist font, if the size tag is like a very minimal font, it's the vintage one. If it has like, more of like a cursive kind of look to it and it's like a newer one okay uh-huh it's, it's little details like that because like the tags didn't change Damn. Very much. yeah that's interesting so someone could have something that they think is from the 90s that could be like early 70s late you know 80s whatever totally. interesting and there's all different right. i want to start paying attention all right next question my bad but thank you for teaching me yeah for sure um okay what fabric blend are most 80s t-shirts? 50-50 poly. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yep. Poly cotton, which is what we always used to look for. You probably looked for when you started picking, and now we're picking 100% cotton. Everyone's like, fuck poly. Fuck yeah. poly cotton. And, <laughs> and the 80s shirts are all small fitting because people wore them tighter back then. It's funny, yep. when you look at t-shirt t-shirt fabrics over the years um it was 100% cotton in the 70s then it went 50 50 and in the 70s too and like maybe even 60s they had like rayon cotton blend that you'd see sometimes I like tri-blend yeah tri-blend tri sick tri-blend was also 80s that's mm -hmm. poly rayon cotton and that usually those sometimes are sometimes like, like vivicos those are vivicos yeah that's a good one I haven't heard that word in a while <laughs> uh those are the tri blends are typically like the heather gray nike made tri blends mm -hmm. you get those um mm -hmm. you get those uh camel shirts on tri blends with the, the sneakers Love tag. Camel shirts. The sneakers tag oh yeah sneakers tag yeah and then, okay. and then now, right, it's, now, it's now it's now it's 100 cotton all the 90s stuff and to this day most of the stuff I mean, we wear is 100 cotton Yes, but I feel like I still have love for all those old shirts. Like I do want to I do want to say that um like I mentioned how I would always pick vintage shirts but not really invest my time in selling them. Um the most I ever sold a shirt for before <laughs> just a couple weeks ago with Cortland was um it was a a, a trefoil uh, 70s Nike that I found at my local thrift store for like a dollar and I just like posted it and I had like 
and this was at least, oh my gosh, this is probably, yeah, eight years ago. And I had like tons of dudes from Malaysia in the DMs and they were like outbidding each other. I don't know if they were all friends. I don't know how they found my page. I didn't know nothing, but I was just like, oh my God, like I was just going to listen on Etsy for like 80 bucks. And they were like 220. Yeah, it was 220. Did, was the did highest. It ha- did it have was... the, was it a rainbow trefoil? Uh-huh, it was. Yeah. See, those ones go, those ones yeah. go big and people love those ones. And it's weird because why does Thailand love tribeland and 3D emblems? It's like, they're very specific. I feel like they were, they were on that shit way before. I mean, cause I was like, oh God, y'all want this t-shirt that bad. Like it was crazy to me. And I feel like no one around here, at least you know, maybe on social media, but not then. I feel like that was, a, I, w- I told myself I was rich after that. I was like, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. Okay, next That's question. Crazy. Talking about 3D emblems. Okay. 3D emblem made what type of t-shirts? Ooh, well, I mean, mostly like Harley, but I actually just found like a Marines. Once a Marine, always a Marine one. That yeah. was pretty cool. I was and I sold from- it to a Marine. Really? Nice. Yeah. Shout out Marty McFines, dude. I gave him a steely price because like, fuck yeah, that needs to go to a Marine. It was dope. Marty McFines is a Marine. Mm-hmm. And I got it at a garage sale the day before for $1. Nice. See, Ohio. Come up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last question I have on my list, but I'm going to think of more for you. Okay. Who is the founder okay. and current owner of Patagonia? Ooh, I don't know. And actually, I didn't. I never really cared about Patagonia and I swear to God, I passed on like hella Patagonia pieces. Not really until I realized like me and Cortland were talking about it. I was like, really? Like how much did they go for? And he was like, no, I would leave yeah. Patagonia. Okay. 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 It's Yvonne Schwinard. Um, <laughs> that's kind of vintage knowledge, but it's kind of just brand knowledge. I'm going to, yeah. okay, so that's, that's because you were talking about seventies flares. Okay. So the mid range, not a bell, but a seventies Levi's flare. What's the number code? 70s Levi Flair. I, oh my God, I don't think I've ever had a Levi Flair. Okay. The 646 is like a classic Flair bootcut Levi. That's, you'll find. Okay, my, my top sellers would be 512s. 512s all day. Okay. Okay. Okay, one more Levi's question. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I word this one? How do I word this one? Um, the rivets on the pockets of Levi's were scratching the cowboy's saddles. So what did Levi's do to answer this problem? This is like in the early, I don't know, early 20th century. The rivets on the pockets? The rivets on the pockets, exposed rivets, were, were mm-hmm. scratching the saddles of Levi, of cowboy's leather saddles. So they okay. had to, they had to, they had to, come up with a solution to this problem i have please tell me the answer <laughs> to this i don't know so what they did was it's called the hidden rivet and what so they actually riveted the pocket on from the inside then flipped it over and sewed it so that it was just fabric and the rivet was like underneath and those are like okay. really sought after levi's now so if Damn. you if you get an old pair of That's biggies a- and you 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 like look in the inside you'll see the rivet on the butt on the inside but you won't see it from the outside interesting but if you get a pair with the exposed rivet that's hella old 
worth hella money. That's super old. Okay. My I, I've got some D C like brand D E E C E E C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love those. And like um and I found in Cortland's Raghouse grail pair of green DC overalls. And I have I packed my red pair because like I love them. But yeah, these are DC jeans. Nice. And these are awesome. Yeah, yeah, that brand's cool. Is it like a forest yeah. green, the overalls? Washington. I'm sorry? Is the for are they forest green overalls that you got? Yeah, they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty vibrant, honestly. Nice. The, no, bad. they're 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 lighter than forest green for sure. Uh good. You got you you get you were you were like 60, 70% <sighs> correct. Except for the stumps. Um, you, threw some, you threw some awesome like hard ones. I'm I'm appreciative of learning. That's why I was like, ooh, throw me one that I'm not gonna get right, just so I can learn some shit like what's off the yeah. top of your head, you know? There's lots up there. It's just if it comes out, you know, you never know when it's gonna come out. So what's plans for the future now? Yeah, Besides it's a big raising, one. I mean, raising three kids and. Right. See, yeah, I mean, like, I definitely have enough to open up a brick and mortar. I always have. Um, but it was never like people didn't. I mean, if you can have the bins yourself, then obviously you can't open up a shop and then pay, make everyone pay so much more for what they could easily find themselves. You know what I'm saying? So I never really felt like the market was, you know, with Etsy, all of my sales, okay, New York, LA, Australia, UK, Japan, top five, right? Nothing yeah. Ohio, you know what I mean? Nothing like that. And so when I was, I'm just getting like top retail value or just like what I priced it at, I don't know, but so now, but I feel like there's such an uptick and like, so honestly, I don't know. I don't know what like my five-year plan is yet, but I, I know that like, I'm, I'm not stopping. You know what I'm nice. saying? So, so it's, it's definitely going to build a new wave. A new wave. So how much money are you doing on, are you still on Etsy? You still posting on the Etsy? I haven't posted on Etsy since Christmas, but I'm still making sales. I had 350 listings and I like shit just trickles in. Yeah. Consistently. So most of your sales right now are on Instagram. On and the booth. And the booth. On lives and the booth for sure. The booth is probably the booth needs some attention as well. You know, like I'm, I'm focusing so much more on Instagram just because it's like, getting to be able to like talk to someone like hang out with them or you know sell the shirt that they've been wanting and looking for and making that connection instead of it just kind of being an online sale or a booth that I'm not at you know what I mean yeah so yeah it's just more engaging like I definitely if you order something from me through my Etsy shop versus my Instagram I'm a hundred percent shipping out faster on Instagram sales like totally just because it's a personal interaction like i mean i'm not saying like i'm delinquent on etsy but etsy's just kind of back burner you know what i mean yeah um same with the booth just because like i have so much energy in this because it's more than my fucking clothes at this point for me and, and that's crazy yeah that and it's I, I think um you're right i've done some lives and it is super fun i did three hours with coop and we just kept going. You get to chat to people. 
You know, I yeah. miss, I know so many people in this business from going, like I go to California once a month normally. I haven't been seeing any of them. And honestly, now most of my good friends are from this business. And not strictly from Instagram, but just from like making personal relationship with the Rose Bowl. Some people I probably met online first. And I, I do appreciate doing, doing the lives and you get to, you get to kind of like connect with the people, you know, like selling something on eBay yeah. or my website. I mean, a lot of my website sales are people I know because I drive the traffic, but selling something on eBay is so unsatisfying as I'm sure the same with Etsy. And mm -hmm. it is, it is fun to make these connections. So on that yeah, note, where is. do you think this market's going to go? Where do you think this market, like there's so, there's so much happening? I mean, we're talking true vintage or like the nostalgia tease or like what? Well, because I feel like those okay. are two separate yeah. things. Yes, you're right. True vintage <laughs> has has legs. True vintage has legs Dude, for, true for vintage 40 going years. Nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. So no, I'm talking nostalgia tease and this this bubble per se, or boom that we're experiencing right now. You know, um, it's getting, it, there was an article in the uh, Financial Post or something, yeah. that Vice yeah. Magazine did an article. I saw it on a video game Wall news Street blog. Journal. Yeah, Wall Street yeah. Journal. It's getting picked up by everybody right now. People are noticing. I've spoke about it before. Guaranteed Instagram's taking notice of this because they're probably thinking, wow, there's people <laughs> spending hours cut. on You auction. know they want to cut. <laughs> they want to cut. So yeah, where do you think this is going? It's, it's, that's a very fascinating question because I don't think, I mean, none of us are sure, but, uh, if you would have asked me that question two and a half months ago, I would have said the bubble is going to pop. That's not my answer now. So, I mean, it's like, yeah. So, I mean, it's changing fucking so rapidly that, yeah, uh, no, and I feel like all the people that are invested emotionally and financially in these fucking shirts aren't gonna like give up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So question then on that on that note. So you're selling a lot on Instagram. How much of your sales percentage wise, you know, rough number, are going to other dealers versus going to like random end user consumer? Hmm. Okay. So as far as like my Instagram sales, 90% are going to other resellers that are just like, Oh, dope. I want that. Or I'm just like, yeah, take it for a steal. Like I got it. You know what I mean? Cause I definitely, and see, I'm at the point where it's kind of like, I actually just uh, talked to a cat that I'm going to be talking to tomorrow. He wants to buy 40 pieces wholesale from me. That'd be my first wholesale order. I can totally fulfill that order. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could, I could definitely be doing that, but I've, I've never been like proposed uh, to, to do that. So that's super cool. Um, yeah, I'm fine with buying for five, selling for 10 and they sell for 15. That's cool with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, it, when it's like the volume like that and see yeah, like that you're gonna sell you're gonna sell 40 shirts it could be a thousand dollar deal you know that's like takes you an hour versus trying to sell a thousand dollars on a live is could take you like four hours and it might not happen so yeah I, I agree with that I'll do that all day it's interesting to me though that that point you, you said 90 percent is other dealers right now and I feel like yeah. it is too on the live I did with coop we had a lot of resellers buying and 
I'm so down with it. Like if someone's going to pay me fair price for a shirt and go make more money, you have the customer base. You worked hard to get that customer base and you can get more money than me. I'm, I'm game. I'm never in this just yeah. getting the most money. But right. I mean, like I lob stuff to like the, like homie prices or, you know, like, Oh, he's been looking for that shirt instead of me buying it from some stranger and then trying to resell it to him. I'll just send him the link. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Like that's that shirt you've been wanting, you know, it's for low because I mean, I don't know. It's just like a lot of changing hands, but yeah, it's, <sighs> it's interesting to me. And I don't, I, I, that, that point pointing that out doesn't really have like any bearing on if this market is going to keep going or not. It's just, I, I feel like since COVID there's been so many, so much more dealers buying from dealers and then even they're selling to other dealers too. And it's just this, in, this, in, it's like this, only dealers. Yeah. It's, it just keeps growing. <laughs> and there's more dealers coming in and buying from more dealers. And um, yeah. obviously there's some end users out there, of course, but. Uh, but I mean, do you know how many people that have started following me in the past month that have two posts, you know, uh, and I'm not saying anything like that's, you know, I don't test like people's pedigree because it just, but there's just so many new accounts, like so many new people. Like, I feel like, you know, I've had my foot in the door. I've definitely had my foot in the door. Like, I don't need social media or nostalgia t-shirts to keep doing what I'm doing full time. You understand me? But it's so much fun. (laughs) It's just like, it's just like a big club in a way like it's 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 hard to explain and then there are clicks it's almost like fucking high school in a way a little yeah. bit i mean i don't know yeah. yeah no you're so true like if you look at uh the earthling had their event i don't know three weeks ago you know you had they said they had 500 people come you know i probably knew a ton of those people i saw everybody posting pictures everyone's broing down half the people i don't know about half but a yeah. lot of people went just to like see their hobbies you know it's like this is going to be an event we get right. to come like, it up oh and, and the same with the virtual flea kind of the one that's in orlando yeah, totally and and then that they even kind of marketed it like that like meet your favorite dealers like now face to face you get to meet the other guys in the business and I women mean, in the epic. business yeah, yeah. are you, are you going to go to that yeah. Um, well, actually, I was like, oh, I wish I could. But <clears throat> and that's interesting because, you know, with the amount of money that I made off of Cortland's fucking charity, it's amazing. Um, I thought, of course, I should like double down, buy more, you know, buy more, sell more or like reinvest, like maybe wholesale from him or, you know, something like that, um, which I'm for sure like open to doing and still like plan on doing. but. Hope, hope the Airbnb was 65 bucks a night. Flights were cheap. I, I threw a few hundred dollars at it and I'm definitely going and it's, it's going to put me more like on the scene and I'm going to get to meet like Rinzo, La Bogadita. Like even when I was in LA, him and his wife had me over for dinner. It was no amazing. Way. Like, yeah, we hung out like, and we're like, and I get to bring Jake, which is cool because for him, it's been like a little hard because it's like so outside of the scene. And like, let's be real, um, a couple nights a week, I stay up drinking, talking to strange dudes all night, essentially <laughs> about t-shirts. You know what I mean? Like, but it's true. That's like what I'm doing, you know? I mean, I have so many like on first name basis people that I'm like so ready to see. 
and like it's gonna like big mics uh, megan venerable upside or the real viewer to change it but yeah like tons of people that i am like close with like i'm invested in more than yeah. the shirts i'm that's not so vending cool. i'm just gonna go and hang out that's so cool it is cool um i really you know i i'm proud of chris for doing that i don't know um the whiz, but i'm proud of proud of those guys for doing it it's one thing to come out and have the virtual flea you can sit in your living room and do this thing amazing move regardless but then it's a whole another yeah. thing to be like we're coming out live face to face doing a real event it's so much more organization it's more yes. commitment there's you know there's potentially more to lose and i think it's it's big moves for those guys it's big moves yes big moves and the vendor uh slots like sold out and then the, i think that they just announced tonight that uh they they talked to the like whoever's the venue host or whatever you know, whatever the fairground people yeah. and got 10 more spots and i bet you it's going to be sold out tomorrow oh they they, they updated eh? that's cool yeah they'll sell out in a heartbeat yeah so, especially because i mean it's like the community the community the community like i had never knew like what is the community like when people would say that i was just like what there's a community and now it's just like at first i was like that kind of sounds like like lame to say it or something i don't know but i'm in the community now like i'm in the community like i yeah so crazy yeah it's really grown it's really grown fast and it's there was always a community but it's it's gotten wild you know it used to be our our community was kind of tighter crew in southern california then when instagram came out it became you could reach people all over the place and when i started doing these podcasts i guess i've only been doing this for a year and a bit not that long okay okay and uh you know then this whole thing came after that so like well, my thing was just to like talk to people in the business and see what's going on and then like there's all these news things happening and then there's, it's growing and there's so many more people getting involved and like i get a lot of people watching these now and it blows my mind. It's crazy. I literally yeah. just started this to kind of like spread some knowledge, some business knowledge. Like you're famous. You're famous. Like I went <laughs> on, I went on uh, with Mr. Wear It All last night or earlier tonight for Wear It All Wednesdays. And I was like, yeah, because um, he's like, oh, tear parties. Like she's going to go hard, like blah, 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 before I went on. And I was like, uh, y'all, I'm going to drink a little bit with you, but I am doing an interview with Drew Heifetz and uh and his face was like holy shit and it was like oh my god like that that That's was so like funny. a magic word <laughs> I get so stoked when people hit me up and they're like just hype the hype at the, at the content I put out with the people I put yeah. out so well, I feel like you're just so genuine and also that sharing of knowledge like not hoarding it not trying to you know um yeah, I mean, you can't transfer it all, but you can share and be open-minded to like, oh, yeah, you know, like, that. you just taught me some shit about some Levi's that I'll probably never, ever be able to find. No, you know you're I mean? you're going to find them, like, the next time you go pick Dude, I doubt that highly. You're talking about, like, 1930s Levi's? It's, it's manifestation now that it's in your brain. You Ooh, got true. it. true. That's yeah. true. All right. So you're only my third female guest on the show. Okay, and I've seen that, you with Unseen. Yeah, Ava from Unseen did an episode, and then a fr another friend of mine did an episode. Um, Low Life okay, is her handle. And um, that was an early episode. 
but um, yeah, stoked to have you on the show, of course. I want to talk about that. So are you in any of the, the all, there's a couple all female groups. Are you in any of these groups? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mo- moving on. I mean, that's cool and all love, but like, I've got some like big dogs putting me up. I don't need other female support. <laughs> yeah. To be honest. Fair like, enough. I, I'll support my other females, but like, I don't need hype. Um, so like speak on that a little bit, you, you know, this is like a very highly male dominated business obviously a lot of great people in it but is there any challenges with that being a female okay um well coming from my true vintage background every etsy seller that was selling old lady clothes dead old lady clothes was a female so really it wasn't it was a girls club yeah you know what i mean like no one's so just the the t-shirts is the boy thing. So that's why I'm kind of just like, people are like, wow, you're a girl. I'm like, yeah, okay, I've been doing it. Like, what are you talking about? You know, I didn't, because I, I didn't realize that there was a community. I didn't know that the community was 90% men. Yeah. So I've just been doing me. I've just been over here doing my thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't really feel like, I mean, maybe like the people's reaction actions be like oh damn i've never seen a girl with like heat like that like those little comments are like oh does she have a fans only and stuff like that like you know maybe people people throw that out on the lives come on um but there are people in the community that you know there are uh i know there's some females in the community that do do that which i feel like kind of that's why i kind of try to distance myself from like female vendor you know what i'm saying because i'm tara i'm tiger style totally you know, I don't need, I don't need to associate myself with girls have to stay motivated and keep each other together. Like, nah, it ain't like that. Like I'm doing me. And like, they're okay. doing this. I, I, they're feel, doing I, them, I feel the vibe. I feel the vibe. Yeah. They're doing them. I'll support that. But like, I don't need to be like, I don't need that support in that way. So my next question, well, not really a question, but a discussion about, uh, when you look at vin- even true vintage, okay. All, all, I don't know. This is like my experience. And this is just my experience when it comes to what Japan wants, when it comes to older workwear, denim, Mm -hmm. uh, now the t-shirt market, typically men's vintage garners a lot higher prices than female vintage. Have you noticed that in your journey or is that just me? Cause I'm a man and I probably sell more men's clothes than female clothes. Although we sell tons of female vintage. Um, truly for me. Well, yeah, I mean like, and I, I fucking love workwear so much like chore coats, like, yeah. Oh, payday. Oh, I love payday. <laughs> and you know, like, um, but that for me is like something that I would buy. Like I would pay retail at. Yeah. Um, so like low on finding them like at the bins, which I have done before, which is insane. Um, I don't know. I don't know really the answer to that, honestly. I, I think that the girl stuff, I mean like the mo- the high ticket items that I've sold have been f- like girls shit. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, um, like, like hand sequined, silk dresses from the 50s for like 120 you know like like that um but chore coats sure i actually haven't even like 
sold a chore coat in a while just because I can't get myself to do it because um, I like wearing them. But me too. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, awesome. No, like uh, an inspirational person, and I, I'm sure, like, I don't know this person, and they, they are in LA, but like day one, like that was my goals back then before, like those nostalgic teas, right? But like moth food. Do you follow moth food? Dude, it's just like, oh my God, everything he finds, I'm just like, oh, I would freak out. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. true, like, ooh, uh, if it's like 50 sweatshirts and like, I don't care if it's thrash or stained or I just, that's my aesthetic really. But I mean, look at what I got. And and this made me happy. And this, so, was, this is Bukowski with Robert Crumb fucking drawing. And yeah, so a friend, Silver Shamrock, hooked me up like a friend. I just said, and I had I didn't know him three months ago. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, "Man, it's a little tight on me, like personal grail." Like, okay, like, and he sold it my way just because, like, I love, I love Bukowski. That's 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 a rad shirt. So Crum was the Crum has the classic graphic. Keep on trucking. Yes, but he also illustrated um, several of Bukowski's novels and um, poetry books. So, yeah, and I like he's like sixties, seventies era. Yeah, super rad shirt. Thank you. So I'm talking about crazy. Like, you know, I I guess maybe my shift, my focus has shifted. So I'm not trying to buy fifty sweatshirts right now. I'm trying to find like cool T-shirts. I don't know. Maybe it's just a phase that I'm going through, but I'm in it. Yeah, well, I you know I don't blame you. Same with me. You know, I I, I still. What buy- shirt are you wearing? Oh, this is like one I always rock. It's the Pennzoil Peyote. Okay. Superior. I, I mean, superior quality, safe hallucin- hallucinations. Okay, so what I thought, I was like, peyote's a drug, right? Yeah, yeah, cool. peyote's like the cactus. It takes <laughs> trip out and find yourself. Right, nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, we still buy everything else, but I find myself like throwing all this shit down in the, in the, in yeah, the corner like of the warehouse and then just more. like looking through these t-shirts all day, you know? And yep. I find it so hard to even understand the market and pri- I used to be like I know the prices of all these teas. I'd go to the Rose Bowl. I'd be like, boom, 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 boom. The price yeah, them out. Yeah. Now I'm like, I don't even know what that's worth anymore. It probably changed yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, and especially for someone who was really good at pricing things, you know, um, for my Etsy shop and for my booth and whatever. But like with the T-shirt shit, it's like, damn, I really straight up don't know, you know. And that's another cool thing that Cortland was like, hey. Um, if you ever have a question or like we talk daily, like I send him like, you know, is this worth it? You know, should I buy this? He'd be like, nah, you know, probably worth 85. Like why buy it at 75 to ship it, you know, to someone else for 85. Like that, that's a $5 profit. That's a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, yeah. waste yeah. effort. So Yeah. <laughs> We're at the point of the show where we have to come up with a challenge for the listeners. Okay. Okay. What do you got? Yeah. And my challenge, my challenge, um, it's funny. Cause like you told me to come up with one. I was like, Oh, that's right. I need to. And it's, I, I wanted to like jog my own memory. So I wrote it, but I put it on my phone. That was when I thought we were doing the computer thing. So I'm going to have to like off the top of my head do this, but my challenge 
um, for y'all would really be to, okay, first off, keyword diversify. So yeah, t-shirts might be your favorite thing or true, like whatever, whatever, whatever. But I've sold books, magazines, you know what I mean? It's not all about clothes. Like if, um, as a reseller, trust your gut, you know, um, I call it like soft eyes, which is actually a reference from the wire. So like when uh, they're like on a, a crime scene, like looking for like a detail, they call it soft eyes. It just means like slow down, keep your eyes open and like keep a more of an open mind. It's like, just have soft eyes. Um, yeah. So like, just, uh, if you go, if you go to the racks, you go to the bins, you don't find any clothes. It doesn't have to be like a, an, an unfruitful trip. You know what I'm saying? Like, a poster or jewelry or you know so yeah i mean i, th I phrased it better when i wrote it down no i, I get the gist 100 percent. diversify <laughs> right. you know take advantage of your surroundings make soft the eyes. best make the best of your situation with soft eyes mm -hmm. soft eyes for sure and i am all about that challenge so hit us up guys let us know what you find you know, if you're, if you're get, stepping out of your comfort zone and finding something cool, yeah, send it to us. We'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. Mm -hmm. And if you think it's pretty cool, odds are someone else does too. So, you know, I mean, if, yeah, just trust your instincts. Don't think, think, oh, well, I don't know much about how much this is. Like, if you can get it at a steal, get it. Just take it home become a hoarder like me <laughs> yeah, fill your basement fill your garage fill your bedroom <laughs> and when it's all full get a storage unit and just keep filling that <laughs> right dead money lots of dead money uh, okay so you have any shout outs anybody mm. you want to acknowledge any uh any, anything else there's, you want to go over here on the okay on the show? i mean honestly there's too many shout outs to do because i know that like i'll feel like i left someone out um, and I already shouted out Lenny. Yep. So, and I feel like that's, that's like a day one for sure. You could just shout out the community. Shout out to the community. You know who you are. You know if Tara fucks with you, right? <laughs> and if, and if I don't yet, come fuck with me, right? Let's yes. be friends. Let's do Hit it. this girl up. Tiger style. Tiger style USA. Okay. We're going to end it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So happy for your your newfound success and you winning the contest. It sounded like a lot of fun, and we will for sure meet in the future face to face. Okay, you you promise? I do. Maybe maybe I'll also, see you in Florida. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's all I got. You know the drill. Check out my Patreon link down below. Check out my Amazon link down below. Go shop fasandfrankvintage.com. Above all. Be good to each other. Be happy, not crappy, in the words of my dad, Dave Heifetz. And take care of the goddamn planet. Start putting the planet first in your decisions. Everything you do in your life and business, start thinking about the planet. If you have kids, do you want your kids to grow up in, in a world? Well, I mean, to be honest, like if the world, if we're all extinct in 100 years, your kids won't have anywhere to live anyway. So... Come on, we got to start thinking about this shit. We got to do more. We got to do better. We got to really focus on it. Sustainability is something that you can do 
forever and it won't deplete the resources around you. That's a tough claim. And most people throwing around the word sustainability are not really sustainable. You know, reworking clothing. I don't even know if that is sustainable to tell you the truth because like eventually maybe we're going to run out of used clothes if we didn't produce any more new clothes to actually rework. So I don't even know if that's truly in the definition of the word sustainable. It's definitely helping and I'm going to keep doing it. And I think you should keep selling secondhand clothes because it's it's definitely the, the way in the right direction. Um, but be good to you. I'm out. That's it. I can't talk tonight. Later. See you on the next one.